Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Amberlight, uh, the Amberlight podcast, where we have a talk about what it means to be human and what it means to exist in this human experience we call life. Uh, my name's Josh, I'm the curator and creator of Amberlight, both the podcast and the Instagram page. And I'm not a professional of any kind, I'm not a medical expert, I'm just someone with a deep introspection who likes to consider things that we probably normally wouldn't think about, and those that we do, just to offer a different perspective and a different way of understanding, maybe reinforce what we already understand, who knows. But today I really wanted to focus on uh, talking about is it time to talk to walk away from the backup plan, the idea of the backup plan. I started thinking about this a lot recently, and when I've ever undertaken a task or gone for something or tried tried a job or a career or anything like that, any task I've undertaken, I've always been taught to have a backup plan. So I don't know if it's a generational thing, but it was probably something that was instilled in my parents um in my parents though i mean largely for anyone who's probably between the ages of about 25 to maybe early 40s mid 40s a lot of our parents were the kind of people that went in for one career that's all they wanted that's all they focused on that's all they invested in and it was quite a legitimate thing to be in one career for all of your life to work for one company and to really build up a reputation and a stance in that company but for a lot of us today i think we're really coming to realize the instability that there is um in the idea of having one career with one company really isn't as much of a reality as it once was I get the idea of having a backup plan and I've done it a lot over the years I've always had a fallback or a safety net for when things don't work out and I want to emphasize the when things don't work out and I just want to reiterate like this is not to say that we just fixate on the success of a singular outcome which I'm going to talk a little bit more about coming up. But I use the term when quite intentionally. So when I think about my past experience and my past expectation on myself, I, it always caused me to think about things not working out. And it kind of ties back into fixating on having a singular outcome or a very particular and refined outcome of what I wanted to achieve. So that's not to say that's a bad thing, you know, to have an idea, to have a really clear goal or a really clear understanding of how you want things to work out. But when you're going into something and you're thinking about having a fallback, it is almost like a premonition of things not working out and needing to go back to that safety net or that job that we that we know we can do, that we know we can fall into, or that idea, career, anything that we can just fall back on and we know that is always going to be there and something that we can always get to. So my personal experience, I've done this with quite a few things and I've always 
voice found on uh, interwebs or something uh, from the guys of almost not believing in myself enough from the beginning and more so just using it as a, as a, a means of exploring something and then going back to what I already know, going back to that safety net. So pushing myself out of my comfort zone just a little bit, but then coming back into the things that are always always there and always there for me and the things that I can really rely on, the jobs, you know, the job experience, those jobs that we get into that we don't necessarily enjoy, the things that we do that we don't necessarily enjoy, but we become good at because they become so familiar. So I guess it's important to kind of look at the subliminal and subconscious conditioning that we kind of go through all the time where probably up until sort of this point there hasn't always been um, a really strong push for people to follow their dreams there is a push for people to follow their dreams within the context and constructs of what is deemed to be socially acceptable so you know if you have quite a dream that is left the field that is um, doesn't involve you know a career or working for a company or working in finance or becoming a lawyer or you know those kind of traditional um, things that we put on a pedestal it's almost like um, there is that preconceived or underlying subconscious narrative which is it's impossible to make money off it you know if you wanted to make money off creative ideas if you, if you wanted to be a youtuber or a, a podcaster even though there are people out there who are you know making um, successful content and being successful in these realms there's still that underlying um, idea for most people which they can't really push through i guess where that's out of reach for me i have to kind of settle for the submit to the socially acceptable way of living my life rather than um, actually going for something which might be a little bit left field and may not kind of fall into the confines of what is deemed to be socially acceptable. So it brings me back to the idea of the backup plan and in a way it, it feels almost like setting yourself up for failure. So with the end goal really being the backup plan. So you, when you think about where you put your focus of attention, if you're putting your focus on attention of, I've always got this backup plan, I've always got this plan B, or the safety that I can fall back on, you're putting your focus on that and away from really giving yourself the opportunity for success in the thing that you really want to work for. Because your end goal essentially becomes the backup plan. So this really got me thinking quite deeply and introspectively about it, and it sort of came in an intuitive way of um, introducing new ways of thinking and approaching what we really go for in life. And it, it sort of took the guise of adaptive planning. So with adaptive planning, what does that mean? So, the way I see it, adaptive planning is, so it's about 
think it's also a dream that really fills you up, you know, that thing that you aspire towards, the thing that, you know, does feel a little bit out of reach, but the thing that you really, really want to go for, the thing that really fills you up, fills your cup, lights you up like a Christmas tree. So having that, and then it comes down to focusing on the love and joy of it. So anything you you want to do in life, if you really, really want to succeed, there needs to be some elements of love and joy in it. And it doesn't, and it doesn't always mean that you're going to, you know, be feeling love and joy for it. You know, even if you're doing something you love, there are still going to be days where you question yourself, where it's challenging, where things don't work out. And it's, it's not about having that 24-7, seven days a week because otherwise there's no room for growth and everything that you're going to do in life is going to be focused on having at least an element of growth in it. But it is about coming back to that thing, you know, even through the challenges where you still love it, you still enjoy it, you still wake up and you're invigorated by it and it's, you know, possibly something that you can kind of work on without even thinking about it you know and for me it's it's this stuff you know it's learning about the mind it's learning about how I work and how I understand and navigate life you know it's something that I do and have done for a really long time really without thinking about it even though I'm you know obviously quite consciously thinking it's but you know it's this thing that just sort of flows and I just do I just do and I just read and I want to learn more and I just want to meditate on things and think about things so it's really yeah focusing on the love and joy so something that does really light you up if it is one of those things focusing on that throughout to get you through and then it comes down to really learning to persist through the challenges the setbacks and the perceived failures so with when I say adaptive planning what I mean is having a goal or an idea right having something that you really want to achieve something that you really want to do but it's about being adaptive and really adapting to what pops up and adapting to different possible outcomes different possible evolutions of you know your idea or your goal or what you really love so it's about learning to persist through those challenges setbacks and perceived failures the things that you know, we would normally, um, if we start to see a slight deviation from our end goal, where we might d- perceive it to be a failure, and it might be that moment that we kind of give up and we go to our, you know, our fallback or our plan B or the backup plan, so to speak. And remembering that these moments of, of challenge um, are really our moments for growth and learning and a real understanding of ourselves and how we work and what we want to achieve so and this is where it ties into really remaining open to adaptation and evolution and it really ties quite closely with keeping the flow of joy and love with what you're doing so when when we start with a seed right we start with the seed of an idea we have we have an idea for something passionate about it we feel interested in it we we want to see it grow and we want to see it become something very specific a lot of the time however when we start doing it when we start exploring it and when we start that physical action of presence with our idea 
it can it can shift and how we feel about it and how it looks and how we perceived it to look beforehand you know standing at the very beginning of our journey with it to the point where we've actually started to take action we've actually started to physically explore it even you know in a mental and a psychological kind of way it can change it can adapt and things might not work the way that we perceived them to work and you might find that the original element of your idea that you really love, your, your personal feeling about it might shift, but if you keep focused on the flow of joy and love, so focusing on what brings you joy, what lights you up, where the interest is, even though that initial idea may have lost its luster and maybe isn't quite what you wanted to do or it wasn't quite flowing the way you wanted it to flow, will naturally lead as a lead-in into something that will. And this will be a constant evolution, you know, almost like branches growing off a tree. So, you know, it's, it's, it's extending out in multiple different directions. And, you know, some of those branches will bear fruit, some won't. But being um, open to that adaptation, that natural evolution, or maintaining the flow of joy, is so essential for allowing it to become something really special and unique, you know, because often we'll start with an idea, um, we'll start with a thought, and it'll be quite uh, simple, and it might be informed by, you know, a lot of other things that we've seen, a lot of other um, products or whatever, you know, depending on what your, your idea of that joy is. But then it's, it's in that kind of exploration of it and how it works, how it feels and, and the shape of it and the texture of it as you start to really explore the idea that you begin to play around with it a little bit and giving this opportunity for adaptation and evolution really allows it to become something which could be quite unique because it will naturally be informed by your own natural intrigue and interest. So it's going to, you know, even though it may have been informed initially by things you have seen and experienced, you know, through other people, you know, what other people are doing out there, it will naturally begin to take its own shape in your, your own experience and context. So the exploration is a real necessity. So I can't stress that enough, like having the exploration and the ability to explore and adapt evolve in a really natural way while focusing on the idea of the joy of it and the fun and you know everything that comes along with really tapping into what you're truly interested in is going to be a necessity really like it is it is like a non-negotiable I think in a lot of this stuff and it's not necessarily going to be easy all the time and it's not always going to be a smooth sailing but Allowing yourself to adapt to things can open up probably new avenues that you would never have thought to explore beforehand, or you wouldn't have even had the opportunity to explore had you had a very rigid and one goal mindset. So it also comes down to removing the safety net of the familiar. So if you take away that that backup plan and that fallback into the things that you've always done and you've always known, it 
gives you your sole focus on this thing that you really love and this thing that you really want to pursue. It, it doesn't really give you an option for failure because I, I don't really see failure as a real thing because everything that you do, no matter whether it translate in, translates into something tangible or not, is a moment for learning and it's a moment for growth. And often the only time where there is any loss is when we don't learn or give ourselves the opportunity to learn from something that we've done. Even if it doesn't work out in the way that we would have hoped or, you know, desired. Diving a little bit deeper. So passion, passion or love for something is such an important factor because it is what I would define as the key indicator of being on the right path of what we really want to pursue in life. We naturally have a passion or love for something. It's it's showing you that you're really aligned with the things that really light you up, with your ideals, with your interests, you know, and it gives you the opportunity to make it into something really tangible that you can turn into something that you do every day and you are able to focus on every day and you can move away from those things that kind of rob you of your time. So I would put that as your primary indicator for what you do pursue and and keep it as your key measure of why you're doing something, what are you doing it for? Because it'll it'll let you know when you sort of begin to fall off from doing the things that you truly love. And it moves on to measures of success because we've become so fixated on our, our success measures being based on for starters other people winning the admiration or accolades of others or you know earning what most people would call a promotion you know <laughs> building your way up a company or even financial or monetary gain while they're really great and really uh, I guess essential things for us in life um, given that we're human and, and the kind of world that we have to interact with at the moment I don't think they should be our primary measures of success and I bring it back to almost the you know the passion and the love aspect of you know this whole idea of adaptive planning where we are constantly checking back with ourselves to see if if we're enjoying what we're doing if we're feeling fulfilled if we have energy at the end of the day of you know doing work and and, and putting in the mahi, so to speak. Are we still are we still feeling revitalized? Are we still feeling invigorated? Are we still feeling passionate about what we do? Do we do we get up every day to pursue this thing, even if we're tired, even if we don't have the energy, we still feel in some weird way inclined to pursue it. And I don't want to get into um, this being aligned with the toxic ideas of um, pushing through and you know not allowing yourself time to rest or anything like that um, that's not what I'm relating it to what, whatsoever but and there will you know as with everything there will always be days where you just can't be bothered where you do feel defeated where you do feel like you know nothing's really going right because we are still 
quite closely aligned with a world which does measure success in a quite a weird way, I think. Um, and although I, you know, you look out there and you can really see the um, the narrative changing for that for a lot of people, people are redefining what it means to be successful. But there is still that subliminal um, ideology which will take a lot of time to kind of transform into something tangible for true fulfillment I think but you know once again this is just my personal opinion so growth and success probably won't um, always look like a linear path and I think this is this is a relatable as above so below type thing you know growth and success is not always going to be a linear path um, in anything you're pursuing including your own growth um, and development and everything but I think that's where it comes back to really remembering that there is really no such thing as failure because everything will always give us something that we really need. You see, if something doesn't work out or, you know, if something um, doesn't go according to plan or it kind of breaks down, whatever, it's indicating to us that there was something that we missed. There was something not quite aligned, something not quite meshing up with the cogs. Something that needs to be attended to. So it's always going to be um, an opportunity for learning. And even when you're having, you know, moments of taking a couple of steps back, or you know, if you if you've repeated a cycle a few times, it doesn't mean you haven't grown, and it doesn't mean you aren't succeeding in your own right. It is just giving us another opportunity to re-examine something that we may have experienced in the past with a new set of eyes and it gives us the opportunity to really move away from it to really understand it to heal whatever we need to heal and to be able to attend to the things that we really need to attend to and it comes really down to allowing yourself to evolve in a natural way and not fighting against it not vindicating yourself when things don't go according to plan so I think also another thing is rigidity so it really Rigidity really prevents the true form because it is essentially a restriction. So when you're quite rigid in the way things turn out or you lose that, you know, adaptive reasoning, that adaptive planning and that ability to really attend to things in the moment and um, be effective in attending to what you need to attend to, you inhibit the growth and you inhibit the ability to grow. Now, things might work out. Things might work out with rigid planning from time to time. Um, you you might be quite specific and have little room, wiggle room for any kind of alteration or you know divergence away from the line that you want to follow. But with rigidity, what you prevent is in that natural. Exploring something when you're in the moment, when you're seeing it uh, begin to take shape, and you're, you know, you're playing with it, you're understanding each facet, you're understanding the breadth and the depth of what it is. You can be quite, you can be quite adaptive, and you can be able to react to things, and you'll see things that will really pique an interest, or you might find interesting, or that you might want to explore a little bit more. 
that you wouldn't have seen or you wouldn't have been looking for had you been quite rigid in your response to the way things were um, evolving. It's like wanting to find a new shape. So, you know, you've only ever seen squares and you just are so interested in wanting to see a new shape that you can't imagine anything else other than a square. So a new shape will pass you by, but because you're so fixated on the square, that's what you're going to see. So that's where it kind of that rigid approach can really prevent you from being able to explore something that is quite different and unique and is informed by your unique perspective. And that comes on to avoiding fixation, so avoiding fixating on things being a particular way. And I think that's where questioning comes into um, into play in a really important way, because questioning comes into um, being like a regular pulse check. So you know, you're questioning why you're doing what you're doing, you're questioning why do you want it to go this way, you're questioning am I being open, am I being aware, am I being adaptive, or am I being quite rigid in my approach, um, questioning is this something that I'm enjoying, am, am I finding the love in this, if you're feeling, you know, sort of averse to something, ask yourself why, questioning why, it kind of, it really gives you the opportunity to dive a bit deeper into that adaptive planning and adaptive reasoning of um, what does it mean and, you know, how do we explore it? You know, if you're interested in something, asking yourself why you're interested in something. If you if you start exploring an idea or, you know, moving towards a, a product that you're developing, for example, and an element of it really interests you for some reason, or you, you know, you start playing around with shapes, and this shape feels really good, ask yourself why. Because there's no right way, and everything is essentially an exploration, and if we keep doing things in the same way, following the same guidelines, there's, there's never going to be that opportunity for growth, and there's never going to be those pioneers that are really pushing the bounds of you know, how we experience life, what we do in life, and, and what we put out there, and what we create, because you do have something quite unique, all of us do, we, we're following a similar experience of, you know, life and being human, obviously, but the context of our experience is always quite unique, and the way that we perceive the world is becoming more and more unique in a lot of ways, from how I see it, so tapping into that, must transcend just the way we view the world, you know, the way that we interact with the world, the way that we see the opportunities, the way that we see um, the possible, you know, shortcomings, the areas that we can really add value are always going to be quite unique, so it's quite important that we're following that idea of what we love and what we're passionate about. Follow the sun, you know. (laughs) Or, you know, the moon, if that's your thing. Whatever whatever kind of floats your boat. But either way, follow it. Because that's where your true light lies. So to finish up, I guess it's just important to ask the question, what's the value? And I think as I just said, you know, drawing on that unique experience and those unique things that you are passionate about, that you really light you up, the things that you really love, in drawing on your unique context of understanding the world, I think that's where the value lies because I, I don't think we need another person plugging the same product 
or you know the same idea in the same way i think um there are so many different ways that we can explore things we can bring new things to the table you don't always have to bring something and you know a completely new idea or you know a, a completely different way of thinking but you will naturally in your exploration of things you know through that kind of joy and passion you will naturally bring something different to the table even if it is something that has already been done you know you don't always need to reinvent the wheel but you know if they're drawing on that kind of passion and love is really going to give you the opportunity to truly shine and and bring out the things um, the unique way that you perceive and interact with the world and it's not a one-size-fits-all um it's more a one size what size fits best you know you're no longer fitting into the world but adapting to the world adapting the world around you to kind of fit you so giving yourself the opportunity to be a bit more authentic in yourself be a bit more of your true self and follow your passions unashamedly um, you know so long as it is you know something that does bring people up and help people and, and it's not adding to sort of you know the pain and despair that we have already enough of in the world <laughs> but um yeah it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all and that's why adaptive planning is so important because i think we all operate same same but different you know we all have our unique ways of doing things and for us to truly thrive we have to be a little bit adaptable in how we approach things as we kind of navigate how we work and um that's where just being your authentic version of yourself and allowing that to shine through is another really important thing and it does take a bit of time to really tap into your authenticity you know it is something that i, I talk about from time to time and it kind of is a, a pretty big topic in and of itself but um you, you know working out your authentic self and your authentic truth um, is going to be pretty pivotal and will also be a quite a little dovetail um, into your sort of adaptive planning because a lot of that is going to be an exploration of yourself and understanding of yourself and I guess just finally just remember there's always value in, in what you pursue with love and passion so anything that you do you know with that love and passion behind it is, is going to be valuable and it may not be the biggest success the first time that you go for it or you know it may not you know blow up or become viral or whatever you want to call it but there's always going to be value there and there will always be something to add and something further to explore and you know the first couple of missteps can be the lead-in towards something quite great so um yeah go out there if you made it to the end of this well done <laughs> but um explore adaptive planning a little bit more um in everything that you do and and move away from the backup plan and different different strokes for different folks but i think you know being a bit more focused on a bit more adaptive planning and and have while well, having a goal having the ability to adapt and evolve what that goal looks like as you start to explore it i think will open up so many different avenues for you so good luck and I will see you on the next podcast.